the fact that both of you guys had both of your parents. And I love that because I feel like a lot of the stereotype is that all Black people grew up in single-parent homes. And no Black people grew up with their fathers. And both of you are living witnesses of the opposite, that you both did grow up, grow up in, in families that were intact. Not perfect, I'm sure, but intact right. families. And we even grew up with our grandparents being married. Um, that probably also, Dana, was a benefit to our marriage because yeah. you just don't leave. You know, I'm sure that's some tough, tough times, but you just don't leave. You work it out. Now, there are some things it's harder to get over than others, um, but you work it out and you stick it out until, you know, hopefully it does work out and your marriage um, makes it. We saw we saw strong marriages. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hey, hey, friends, it's Dana Shea. Thank you so much for being here today, and happy Valentine's Day. If you are in the USA, you know that we are celebrating Valentine's Day today, if you are listening to this in real time. If not, then obviously Valentine's Day is behind us, but it's still the season of love. And today, I'm so excited to have with us two really special guests, Pastor Kevin Turpin and his wife, Wanda. And I'm going to tell you all about who Pastor Kevin and Wanda are in just a second. But before we get into that, I also want to read our latest podcast review. So this review came in from someone named Jeannie Liu. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And Jeannie says, I listened to the five ways to cover your marriage. She's talking about episode 129, where I did five ways to cover C-O-V-E-R, your marriage and prayer. And the C-O-V-E-R was an acronym for ways to pray for your marriage. So she says, this is definitely from the Lord. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to pour into marriages. I will be listening all day at work, JL. So JL slash Jeannie Lou, thank you so much for this wonderful podcast review. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to let me know how this podcast is encouraging you. Well, friends, Pastor Kevin and Wanda, so much I could say about this dynamic couple. I have known the Turpins for about 14 years. Uh, many of you all know that I am also a pastor, and Pastor Kevin is one of the co-founding pastors of the church that I pastor at. And through the years, Pastor Kevin has provided me and Sean, really, with marriage advice, um, personal advice, spiritual advice, just guidance. And he and Wanda have been married for 44 years. They have two adult children, Kevin II, not Jr., and their daughter, Jade. And Pastor Kevin and Wanda actually work together outside of the church. So yes, he's a pastor, but he is also bivocational, as I am. And Pastor Kevin heads an organization called the Life Enrichment Center, a regional nonprofit organization where they go into local schools helping at-risk kids learn how to read. So I was privileged to be a part of the Life Enrichment Center. At one point, I've emceed their banquet. I have tutored alongside the program program or underneath the program, I should say. And they partner with local law enforcement, clergy, community leaders, corporate CEOs, I mean, you name it. And the hope 
is that by helping these kids learn how to read, we can reduce their chances of being part of the other system, if you know what I mean. So I was really interested to talk to the Turpins because obviously if you've been married for 44 years, you know a thing or two. And they talk a lot about their upbringing, how their upbringing has shaped them into the couple that they are today. We also talk about Black love. And when we say Black love, this is not meant to be racially exclusive. We want everyone here to feel included, but I also want to make sure that we elevate, especially during Black History Month, that we are elevating what Black love is, how resilient, how strong it is. So without any further ado, it is my privilege to introduce you to Pastor Kevin and Wanda Turpin. All right, everyone. Well, I'm so excited to have with us today um, my pastor, one of my pastors, Pastor Kevin Turpin and his beautiful wife, Wanda. Um, I've known the Turpins now for about 14 years, and um, I'm just so happy to have you guys. Well, Pastor Kevin, let me just start off by telling people we have a big value of marriage counseling and marriage coaching on this show. Um, I know Sean and I sat across the counseling table uh, many a times <laughs> in our relationship, <laughs> and you've, you've counseled quite a lot of couples, um, not just in our church, but just couples in general. Let me ask you, just kind of starting off this conversation, if you had to say, like, over the course of the many couples that you have counseled, what do you see as kind of the main foundational problem that a lot of couples are facing? I would say um, communication on so many different levels. And part of it is um, not understanding the wiring of the other person or wanting the other person really to think and to act, uh, to make decisions the way, you know, you know, that person makes them. And, and that's impossible because there, there's a book called His Brain, Her Brain, and we're wired differently in every facet. Women and men are different. That sounds trite, but, but it is the truth. So what I attempt to do is to help through various tools, help couples really see how God has wired them so they can understand. And again, this took now what I can give to couples maybe in four or five sessions. It took me half of my marriage to learn (laughs) almost 20, 25 years to learn it myself. Uh, But once you come to understand, uh, one, that that you're different and two, you learn to appreciate those differences that's when you're on a good road to healing, a good road in terms of understanding how to walk with each other in unity and in harmony. So I'll stop there, but communication is at the top. Uh, All right. Years. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you said it took you like 20, 25 years to learn. So what was going on with you and Wanda? Like what, where were the communication challenges that, that you were seeing in your earlier years of marriage? Well, in our earlier year, years of marriage, I... Uh, came in with with some unusual baggage. I was very religious, sincere in my passion for God, uh, loved not only God, but loved the church. Uh, so much so that I did one thing. I'll tell you this quick story. <laughs> when our first uh, one and I were, we were married for five years, four years before we had our first child, five years before we had our first child. And, you know, I had developed this regiment on Friday nights. I I go to church. I come home, work all day. Wanda works all day. We come home, and I go to church because I was a musician. So at six o'clock, I needed to rehearse the choir, and then following that was a church service. You know, mm-hmm. at around eight o'clock, so I wouldn't get home to about nine or ten o'clock that night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when, when when we had Kevin, 
um, you know, I, you know, I, I picked her up. It was a Friday that she came home. Um, we, we came in the house and I said, okay, sweetheart, you know, you, you got everything. And guess what I did? I went to went church. To church. <laughs> After your new baby had just been born. After the new baby. <laughs> just totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, took, it took some time for me to <laughs> live that one down. But um, that was an issue that was it's out of total ignorance. And it really sent a, a really bad message to her to where she felt, okay, if this is the way my life is going to be, you know, I, I got to find a way. I, I'll stay long enough to get things stable for my son, but I don't know if I can stay in this relationship. Uh-huh. I didn't have a clue uh-huh. the message I was sending. And at that time, Wanda wasn't a big talker. She was just saying, well, if this is his life, I'm not, she's not that type that's going to intrude. If that's who you are and that's what you want, I'm not going to interfere. Mm-hmm. Um, so she didn't communicate that, but I picked it up. Um, and there's some more to the story, but, but that's when I really began to, kind of understand that, no, I need to learn some things. I need to mature and need to allow her to be who she is and not try to make her who I think she should be based upon some idealistic, religious, spiritual ideology. Yes, that is so good that you're talking about that, because I do think a lot of Christian couples are um, dealing with that, where you'll have kind of this imbalance in spirituality. And Mm -hmm. one spouse, I mean, I was this way, where I would do the whole, you know, shaming Sean because he didn't want to go to church and, you know, trying to make him go to all the meetings and stuff that I wanted to go to and doing the whole blame and shame game. And, you know, and so I think that there's always that um, tendency because like you said, our intentions are good, but the way that we present it, it really just pushes the other spouse in the opposite direction. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. absolutely right. Yeah. So that, that was for me, one of the things that I did that, you know, I learned later uh, as I matured that boy, did that uh, damage the relationship uh-huh. early on that, that needed some time to heal. And I had to prove it was more than words, you know, really you count and I really respect you. I had to demonstrate that. And prove that. So, Wanda, you weren't much of a talker in those early years. Was it? Was it just kind of this idea that like he's going to do what he wants to do anyway? There's no need, or mm-hmm. was there something else going on inside of you that you didn't communicate? Like what this was really doing to you? First of all, my personality is a I'm an internal processor. I don't process outwardly, and also um, I wasn't trying to compete with God. Now, when Kevin, I'm going to go back a little bit. When we first started dating, he wasn't really, well, he's, he was involved in church. Don't get me wrong, but I very much was at the top of his list. So, um, and then we get married and people say this all the time. You find out who the real person is mm-hmm. <laughs> when you get married. And I always say men like to hunt. They like to do all they can, you know, to get the prey. And then when they have the prey, they're like, okay, so I can go back to my regular life. So this part of Kevin's life, I really did not know how uh, in-depth he was or connected he was uh, to the church. And I felt he was connected to a man, too. So, um, Hey, hey, explain that. Yeah, I was going to say, let pause. pause. Yeah, no. Okay. How connected he was to a pastor in a church. Yes. Very much, you know, an allegiance and um, making sure um, the pastor was pleased with 
what his duties were at the church that way, not connected to a man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do need to correct that. Um, so uh, I'm not, I'm not a computer and I'm, my dad raised three girls. So I had a mom and dad all my life. I don't know anything but a mom and dad. And um, my dad raised three girls and his philosophy was, um, I don't know that you're going to get married. Uh, you know, I hope that you find someone special, but if not, I'm going to make sure you know how to survive. So survival, I felt like wasn't going to be that hard for me because I kind of knew how to do it. Um, but it was important because I already had my son that he was connected to Kevin, even though I wasn't really connected to Kevin. You know mm. what I'm okay. So I yeah. said, well, you know, I'll stay long enough so that I don't destroy my son. I don't want him to, you know, I want that bond to be there between his, his he and his dad. And I'm not going to compete with God. If God is number one in your life, then fine. And we are at the bottom. That's where we were going to stand. So I wasn't going to try to compete um, with God. But I, I realized later it wasn't per se God. It was the religion, a religious environment that we that we were in that it kind of shocked me you know mm. um but we were i was in a city that i had never been and kevin was really the only person i mean no sisters and brothers because some of them lived there um but i had never been in that city so i was sort of a loner you know so i figured well i could pack up and go back home because that was always a great option you know so um but thank god it worked out and and we worked it out and um it did take some time though do you ever wonder, what is the secret to a truly happy marriage? Maybe you find yourself looking at other couples wondering, what do they know that I don't? Well, friend, I have developed a free resource for you. It's a free audio called Seven Secrets to a Happy Marriage. These are some principles that I've learned in my own 23-year marriage that I know it's going to encourage you on your journey to having a truly happy and healthy marriage. Download your free resource today at realrelationshiptalk.com or slash seven secrets. That's realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash seven secrets. Now let's get to our show. Dana, I want to say this. I think most people plan for the wedding, but they don't plan for the marriage. And right. it's very, very difficult. You're taking two different, totally different personalities and trying to bring them in along with your family dynamic. And uh, we have a great relationship with both sides of, of our family, which I know a lot of people don't have, but we do have that. Um, we were raised similar as far as morals and um, uh, your love for your family. But the difference was the religion. Church was a part of our life, but it wasn't everything in our life. Wanda, you said two things that I think are, and correct me if, if I'm wrong or if you have a different perspective, uh -huh. but two things I think that might be kind of unique to Black culture. Uh -huh. One, you said that your dad raised you to basically survive. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to raise these girls up to be able to take care of themselves so they're not dependent upon a man. Uh -huh. And I find that that is something that is unique to our culture, uh -huh. whether you're being raised by a single mom. Like I was raised by a single mom uh -huh. for the majority of my childhood, uh -huh. and that was my mom's purpose. It's like... You need to be able to take care of yourself. Uh -huh. You know, you need to be able to be independent. Uh -huh. And not to say that our um, 
other cultures don't teach their kids that. But I do think that there is something very unique about Black culture that we want to make sure our kids are going to be all right. They're not going to be dependent upon anybody. And then the second thing that you said uh, that I thought was like really impactful, you were talking about just kind of how you grew up and um, the fact that both of you guys had both of your parents. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I feel like a lot of the stereotype Mm -hmm. about Blacks is that all Black people grew up in single parent homes Mm -hmm. and no Black people grew up with their fathers. And Mm -hmm. both of you are living witnesses of the opposite, that you both did grow up in in families that were intact, not perfect, I'm sure, but intact families. Right. Yeah. And we even grew up with our grandparents being married. So there was never divorce. I didn't see divorce until I got older and, you know, some family members that just didn't make it. But um, as far as my family and our grandparents, we always saw marriage. So um, that probably also, Dana, was a benefit to our marriage because you just don't leave. You know, I'm sure they had some tough, tough times, yeah. but you just don't leave. You work it out. Now, there are some things that it's harder to get over than others, um, but you work it out and you stick it out until, you know, hopefully it does work out and your marriage um, makes it. And we can say for both our parents, um, they ter- they have wonderful marriages. And my, though my dad died two years ago, um, 63 years for my parents and 72 years for Kevin's parents. Wow. Um, yeah. we, saw, we saw strong marriages. Not perfect, but they model, particularly mm-hmm. later in life. Yeah. My, my dad is 92 and waits on my mom hand and foot. Yeah. But my mother waits on him too. So there's that reciprocal relationship. And now it's sweeter than ever. God has blessed us with a tremendous role model of what a marriage is. You know, I, I came across um, a quote that said, Black love is revolutionary. And I've been like marinating on that quote. And then one of my friends said it to me not too long ago. And she's a single girl. And mm-hmm. um, and she's like, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle for just mm-hmm. anybody. And so I, I asked her and I've been asking different people, like, what does that mean to you? Black love is revolutionary. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think about that quote? Do you agree? And if so, what does that mean to you? Well, from my end... I think all love is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bringing ethnicity uh, into it. I say that for me, I learned to really appreciate the strength of a black woman. Mm. She's been the backbone of the family structure. So even as I've watched my mom, I watched uh, uh, my mother-in-law as well. And then Wanda. Um, there's a strength that she has. It's, it's not cookie cutter. It's not, yeah. she's not, there's nothing mousy about my wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. She has an opinion. She doesn't mind speaking her opinion. Now she's learned to temper it a bit uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and be more honoring, uh-huh. but she never had a problem saying no, particularly when I went into full-time ministry and there's things that she didn't want to do. Or when I was going to church and she didn't want, she didn't mind saying, I don't want to go. Uh-huh. And she, and the thing about it is I would sulk and she didn't care. Mm. <laughs> hey, okay. You have a problem. You're mad. You're sulking. It's just, she, and, and I didn't always like that, but I learned to uh, appreciate the honesty. I learned to appreciate uh, the transparency. And I learned to really appreciate the strength uh, because if she didn't have that, perhaps we wouldn't be married today because, mm-hmm. you know, she would feel just put out, put on and, and overwhelmed and 
and forced to do things that she didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Well, no, she didn't. She didn't allow it to get to that point. Mm-hmm. She knew who she was. She knew what she wanted. She knew what she didn't want. And as the relationship matured, she did come around to do things that she she didn't necessarily want to do, but she did them for me. Mm-hmm. She deferred to me. But after I learned how to defer to her and respect her in her space, and I maybe that's unique within the black culture, particularly black women in their strength in um, knowing how to uh, be resilient, uh-huh. <laughs> how to be honest, uh-huh. um, how to articulate what it is they're feeling and what it is they want and what they don't want. Um, I think the important thing is knowing how to communicate it in a way where it can be healthy right. and received and, um, and and be a blessing to the relationship right. and not a threat. Right. Yes. That's good. That's yeah. good. Wanda, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah. Um, as far as that statement, um, I, I think Black love is revolved. It revolves. It, it's something that um, you're learning something new every day. And I guess I consider it to be all love, I, not per se Black love, but because we're Black people, I'll say Black love. But, um, uh, you know, I'll hear people talk about their wives and, and mainly from another culture. And I'm like, well, we don't do that. You know, mm. I mean, and I'm just looking at our surrounding and the people we're around um, because we have a say. And um, to me, a, a husband shouldn't be overbearing and a wife should have an opinion without failing. If I say that, then this is just going to destroy everything here because I'm going against him and blah, blah, blah. But opinions matter. And it's important that uh, the wife has an opinion. Now, I think it is the way it is presented. Now, as far as um, um, African-American or black woman, we are we can be strong. We can be very vocal. And sometimes that's something we have to work on for it to be for what we're saying to be accepted. Um, Mm -hmm. We have to talk with a smile. Mm-hmm. It, it makes a difference when you talk with a smile than mm-hmm. always being, you know, it, it just, it, it creates a different atmosphere. And it's something we have to work at. I know I do not, maybe not everyone, but I know I have to work at that when I'm speaking, I'm in front of people. And maybe that's some of the communication classes I had is that sometimes you just need to talk with a smile for it to be received. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of tones it down. It, it makes it softer, you know, and, um, but as far as black love, I do think, I think it's something that it, it's something that every day it is revolving. It's something that um, because people haven't seen it, um, a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but I don't know the statistics of black marriages. Maybe that's something we should have looked up, but it's, it, you're right. It's not something I know for my kids. Um, most of their friends that they grew up with were married mom and dad. Mm-hmm. They had mm-hmm. a mom and dad, you know, um, even a few that were separated. The mom and dad were very much involved in their life. It wasn't like, um, you know, the parents were divorced, but we saw both of their parents just as much as we saw, you know, Kevin and I together. They were there for important things and they went on, you know, events with the parents and things like that. So um, I, I think maybe sometimes it's um, I don't know. What's the word? Um, uh, unique. I guess mm-hmm. some people think, well, no, that's not normal. Okay, maybe maybe I'm living in an yeah. idealistic world and, mm-hmm. and this is the reality. And and to some degree, maybe it is more of a reality on the other side than than on my side. 
Yeah, I do think that there's something unique about Black love as far as the strength. You talked about the strength of the Black Uh woman, Pastor, the resilience. I think about, you know, everything that our country went through in 2020. And there was such, I mean, there were lots of conversations going on. I have many Uh friends who were in mixed marriages and those were some Uh real deal conversations right there. Uh But I feel like, at least in my own marriage, like there's certain things, there was just a different level of strength that Sean and I had, like we could lean on each other. Um, And we're younger. Like we didn't go through a lot of things that like my parents' generation Mm -hmm. went through or my grandparents' generation went through. So I started talking to my grandmother. She just passed away in August. She was 91 years old. Mm -hmm. And I started asking her questions about, you know, when she was married to my grandfather and what they went through with, I mean, my grandparents went through, you know, the civil rights movement. I mean, they were Mm -hmm. adults, you know, my Mm -hmm. mother, was a senior in high school before desegregation happened in her school. It's crazy Uh because like for, I know even to my kids, that seems like hundreds of years ago. Uh But this is is just one Uh generation removed from me. And so, but to see like how our culture, how people, and this is not like a denigration to the other, other cultures. It's really, for me, just an exaltation of the strength that we have had and things that we've been able to endure through the years. And I think that having like that rock, having your spouse and they know they get it too, you know, they're not like asking you a whole bunch of questions about mm-hmm. like, you know, cause they, there's just like a, a unspoken understanding mm-hmm. that, that happens, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and so that's one of the things that I that I love and I celebrate and I want to showcase healthy black marriages more because of what culture is putting out there. Right. You, you yeah. Pastor Dana, what you just mentioned as I look back and and consider our grandparents mm-hmm. and what they endured, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes you know, they didn't complete high school Mm-mm. if they even elementary. made it to elementary school. Yeah. Yeah, they made it. Yeah. And, and they provided for their families. I know uh-huh. my grand, both grandfathers would get up at four and five uh-huh. o'clock in the morning to go to work. Uh, in terms of education, as you said, I don't even know if they got through through elementary school, uh-huh. uh, but they provided for their families. And and both of them worked. Both uh-huh. grandparents worked uh-huh. potato fields and all that. But yet they kept the family together. And this whole notion that um, the black family has always been broken. No, back there uh-huh. in the day. They were two parent homes, and I mean that those we, were, that, that we, we were, yeah. That we but even back then, in general, yeah. the family was intact. The black family mm-hmm. was intact. Yeah, as, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Say, as we were coming up in general. Yeah. yeah, and I don't, I don't know, Dane, if that has something to do uh, with the environment we grew up in or the area we grew up in. Um, we're from from a smaller town. We weren't raised in a big city. Um, we didn't know anything about busing and segregation or anything like that. Kevin and I didn't um, until um, I guess we started reading it in the textbooks. And then, and then when we moved to uh, Buffalo and I would talk to some of my friends that I met, she said, yeah, I remember being bus. I said, well, what is busing? Mm. And they said, you never experienced that. So I showed, I happened to have a picture of my third grade class and I showed them my class. They said, oh, no, no, no. We never experienced anything like that. Because y'all totally were already met. integrated? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Because it was one school we in the town we grew up in. South. You know, there, don't get me wrong. <laughs> there was racism. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but not to the extent that when I met other people in my lives and they would start talking about what they went through. I was in a state of shock. I'm like, really? You know, just didn't go. You know, we went to 
other people's homes that weren't African-American. They came to ours and were part of a, you know, Girl Scout. So everything was mixed. Everything was, you know, so it kind of shocked me when I, but it was a good reality because mm-hmm. I guess I was living in a bubble to some degree. And I'm wondering if your parents <laughs> helped to protect you, you know, from that. Well, they I'm lived like that too, though, Dana. Yeah. But they experienced racism, as I want to say. It's yeah. not that they didn't. It wasn't, but yeah. it wasn't to the degree that, and, and therefore, and this is what I tell people, you know, when, we came, when we came down south, when I came down south, there are things that I was not aware of or privy to because I didn't walk through those things. We didn't experience a lot of the boundaries and barriers that a lot of people who grew up in the south and maybe other places experienced. We didn't experience it until maybe we went to college. It's so interesting. Yeah, I was having, like I said, these conversations with my grandmother. And she was talking, my grandmother was born and raised in Norfolk, Virginia. And, you know, it was just right here. I'm in Virginia Beach. You know, you guys are here too. And so I asked her, I said, did you, because I was really interested in how Black families operated when she was a little girl. Uh And she said, I said, were all of your friends raised by two-parent homes or were there a lot of single mothers? Because I'm thinking there must have been a lot of single mothers back then. Yeah. She was like, no, I don't know if anybody had a single mother. She was like, you know, pretty much all the dads were in the house. That, let me tell you, that was like news for me. (laughs) That was, I was like, really? And they grew up and she talked about when Diggs Park, now my listeners that are like, you guys don't know what I'm talking about because (laughs) most of the people are not from here. But if you live in Hampton Roads, you know where Diggs Park is. Well, my grandmother moved there when it was new construction. And uh-huh. she was like, they were so excited to yeah. to move there because it was new construction. And she talked about how the dads will be out cooking mm-hmm. on the grill and the kids yeah. will be running around. And of course, I've heard even through my mom's stories that anybody could discipline you. Anybody's parent right. could discipline you because right. it was more of a community. It was a community, yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that I love about our it culture. It did. That's right. It did. It's a village. It's like, it's a community. And you know that for the most part, no, you know, there's some interesting people, you know, but for the most part, our community is going to take care of each other. Yeah. And I, and I just love that about, about who we are as a people. But yeah, that was such a shock for me to find out that like all of these two parent households existed and there was not all these, you know, broken families. And I just really feel like that needs to be uh-huh. said. It needs to right. be said. Right. Yeah. We experienced that. We lived, yeah. Matter of fact, I lived in an area, I would say um, it's called the Hill. Yeah. And in this uh-huh. area, we live in a, we grew up in a predominantly white area, but this particular section of town uh, was called the Hill. And I would say it had about what, 50 to 60 African-American families in it on the hill. And Mm -hmm. and in many cases, uh, first time home buyers. My parents purchased their home in 1963. I can remember when we moved in. And that was a big deal to own your own home Mm -hmm. back in in the 50s and the 60s, which they did. But a lot of African-American families were in the same place. Mm -hmm. And like you said, um, you know, your neighbors, they, you know, they can't, they discipline you. Uh-huh. And when and they, they told your parents. And they told your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love it. So let me ask you too, what do you, what would you say makes your love work? You've been married for 44 years. Uh-huh. That's not an easy feat for any culture, uh, uh-huh. for anybody, especially these days when divorce is so prevalent and common. Uh-huh. Um, what makes your love work? What's kept you together for 44 years? I think respect gained, you know, wasn't something I tell my students all the time or my tutors, the respect is something you, you, you gain. It's not something that automatically comes. So learning to respect each other, very, very important. Um, 
very much so um we don't hover over each other you know i'm i'm not the jealous type at all so uh kevin is very free to go and come if he has to have lunches with with the opposite sex and things it doesn't bother me you know um i'm very confident in who i am and i'm confident knowing that my husband loves me um uh i think um Communication was something we learned how to work mm-hmm. on. Still learning in some in some right. areas, um, uh, especially when it came to came to raising the kids. Communication was an important part of 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 our our marriage dynamic here. And um, I guess I, number one for me is respect. Really, um, it's something we worked at. It's something that um, we still sometimes we have hiccups every now and then. We're not perfect, mm-hmm. um, but it's 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 really it's at the top, I think, of our um, our list, our <laughs> list, and 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 keeping our marriage strong, really respecting each other. Um, and I guess as you get older, I tell people, you know, I tell my daughter all the time. I said, you know, when you get married, it's not all about every now. Oh. I come home. Hey, how you doing? You had a good day. Yeah, yeah. He goes to his room. I go. <laughs> and but yeah, we know we love each other. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's important to know that we're still there for each other. And you know, I could come and knock on the door and not expect something. What do you want? I don't. Nope, nope. You know, but we do. We and I don't know if it's because no, it's not because we work together. Because I, we've always been sort of like that. We come home and and. And I know I need my space. Kevin mm-hmm. knows that. And Kevin needs his. And to have someone just start attacking or not attacking, but as soon as you walk into ah, I couldn't take that. That's mm-hmm. not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not who Kevin is. So we both need like breathing, breathing room. And we respect that from each you know, with each other. We just, um, but respect, I think very, very top of the list. Communications, of course, communicating is good. Um, it's definitely good. You got to communicate. Um, but that's for me. Uh, I don't know. For, well, for me, you know, there's this, you know, I have to bring in the scripture. Ah. <laughs> that's right. Come on now. <laughs> learning, I believe it's something to, learning to live with your wife with understanding, mm-hmm. something like that. And, and one thing, it takes time. This is why I use a lot of tools in counseling, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's personality assessments, preparing rich, um, you know, uh, uh, the love language, mm-hmm. all that. Because I think it's important that you really explore who you're really living mm-hmm. with. You know, a lot of this, you, you can't get all of it in premarital counseling. But you really, you, you when you're dating, a lot of that can be very superficial. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but we change. Mm-hmm. We evolve. Right. right. You know, so mm-hmm. the person you marry, you know, five, ten years into the marriage could be a, a totally different person. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they have different needs. Uh-huh. So I, I, I study Wanda, and there are things that I know about her um, that that if I were an evil man, I could hurt her deeply. Okay. It, it, you know, but because I love her, I know those things. So there are things that I know how to stay away from, or in terms of communication, I know when she's not ready to communicate. So in the past, I would try to force her because I, I can go there in terms of wanting to communicate. Mm-hmm. I, I can articulate what I'm feeling and I want you to talk back to me. And there was a time when I was pretty, could be pushy in that area. But I learned that, no, you, you wait it out. You have to discern when she's ready mm-hmm. to share. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what she said. That's respect. She feels respected. Mm-hmm. That's right. Versus yeah. Because I need to resolve the issue 
then I'm going to say, well, no, we need to talk now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's explosive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do that. Um, and so as I've learned, and I'm still learning the nuances of her soul structure and even out how she's evolved, then I can respect her at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And it sends that communication that, hey, you know, I love you just the way you are. I know mm-hmm. you're wrestling with this. I know you don't understand this. You know, when I accepted the call into full-time ministry, it was a big deal for me. Uh, uh, she cried. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I most feared has happened. Flashbacks. Flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, to make a long story, uh, uh, shorten the story down, when I came, moved here, uh, again, I was so involved in church, and, and I went to a retreat. And I was expecting God to speak some deep truth to me or some Uh, prophetic uh, thing. And you know what he said to me? He said, I'm going to make you a godly husband and a godly father. mm -hmm. Make sure that your children are bonded to you. I said, that's it? (laughs) That became the centerpiece. I wasn't involved Uh, in any ministry, uh, no uh, church activity. uh, uh, My concentration, my focus was on on, uh, uh, trying to please my wife. Being there in mm-hmm. real practical ways for my children, and I, I, I give thanks to God because it was a turning point in my life, mm-hmm. turning point in my marriage. And if I did not heed that, I could have lost my entire family, could have lost my children. Mm-hmm. And because I heeded it, because that was that was the message: make sure that you're bonded to your mm-hmm. children, and, and I'm gonna teach you how to love your wife. Mm-hmm. Well, well, as soon as I got home. I get a call from from a neighbor. They wanted me to be a, a coach for a basketball uh-huh. team. My son was eight years old. It it, it worked wonders for the relationship uh-huh. because mm-hmm. he saw me not just as a spiritual man, uh-huh. but he's my daddy and he's doing something that I like. Mm-hmm. And Wanda mm-hmm. also, it meant a lot to her because uh-huh. she saw me bonding uh-huh. with, with my son that Maybe I can stay with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not going to leave him. Yeah. I just love what I'm hearing is just the mutual respect. And I love yeah. that. You know, that it isn't just the man is the only one that's being respected. It's like, yeah. no, this is this is a both and thing. Because uh-huh. I think one thing that is unique to maybe Black women is that we do need to be respected. Not that other women might not feel that way, but that's pretty consistent amongst (laughs) all the Black women that I know, um, (laughs) is that we're going to need to be respected, okay? Um, (laughs) And so the fact that it has worked for you guys, I love the fact that you're still in love, you like each other, because a lot of people can be married for a long time and not like each other. But the fact that you work together, you like each other, you're still growing. I have heard both of you say that we're still growing um it's just all really really inspiring so thank you guys so much for all the years that you have loved others and that you've loved each other and that's been such an example for those of us who are coming up behind you guys i really appreciate both of you thank you yes yes (laughs) blessings dana All right, friends. So you heard their New York accent, right? You heard them talking like this a little bit. You know, yeah, they're from um, upstate New York. And so in all of these years, that accent is not going anywhere. But anyway, thank you so much, Pastor Kevin and Wanda, for everything that you shared with us today. I hope that you all caught the theme of mutual respect. You know, I kind of closed the episode or the conversation with that because that is so important. We have so many erroneous and false, can I say that, false teachings out there about how 
only one person in a marriage needs to be respected. And that is just simply not true. I think mutual respect goes a long, long way. And maybe some of you are witnesses of a relationship that did not or does not have mutual respect. And you know how that goes. So I just hope that you all are going to walk away from this episode today with that in mind. You know, how can I show my spouse more respect? How can I be more understanding of him or her? How can I respect how he or she is wired? And so again, um, just so so grateful to the Turpins today. Well, you guys, if you want the show notes to this episode, you know they're always available at realrelationshiptalk.com. Today's episode is 131. So just go to realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 131. And as we like to close every episode and say, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.